You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. More than 6.5 crore IT returns were filed before the deadline yesterday. Several returns were filed on the last day and even in last hour before the deadline. So how you can plan your taxes better so that there is no need for that last minute rush. Hello listeners, I'm your host Jash Kriplani and in today's episode of Why Not Mint Money, we are in conversation with Preeti Khurana who is the director of Clear Tax on the do's and don'ts to keep in mind when doing your tax planning. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. How is it going, Preeti, with you? I mean, I'm sure you must have been quite busy with, you know, a lot of people trying to rush in with their last-minute IT filing in the last few days. Yeah, quite an interesting end to the financial year filing. And every year, you know, we always think that people will file on time, and but there's always rush in the last few days, and it's a very exciting time at Clear Tax, frankly. Actually, right. the last few days of filing, there's a lot of energy in office, and there's a lot of excitement. So now that whole mad rush is over, people have made their income tax filing. You know, now the fact that we are already in a new financial year. How do you think individuals should go from here in terms of their tax planning so that, you know, maybe in future they can avoid this last minute rush? Yeah, actually, I think this is a good time to start thinking about the next financial year, the ongoing financial year, which is 2023-24 and, you know, begin on the tax saving journey right away. I think one of the most important things is to, by now, hopefully people would have understood the comparison between the new tax regime and the old tax regime and then you know to sort of finally understand how you stand which regime works better for you and at the same time you know if you are someone who's uh, who prefers or who benefits from being in the old regime then beginning your you know ATC tax saving ensuring that you're doing your medical insurance submitting reimbursements on time you know, normally we put off any sort of claims that we have. Say, for example, if you have like internet expenses to be claimed or telephone bills or if you get reimbursed for books and periodicals from office, then we have a tendency to wait until, you know, it's December uh, to submit those bills. So I would say that this is a good time to start thinking about what are these expenses you're allowed to get reimbursed and then, you know, start to sort of begin on that journey. That would be important. And then if you are part of the old regime, then, you know, you need to consider just check how your last year's return look like. Like, did you exhaust fully? Because a lot of people don't, you know, they don't utilize the full one and a half lakhs. So maybe your last year's tax return can be a starter or a starting point for you to think about where you missed out, you know, I mean, what are the kind of taxes you are paying, where you can save tax and all of that. And Preeti, on that note, can you also, you know, just for the benefit of our listeners, tell us what are the various ATC investment categories that are out there that, you know, they can avail of? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, it's important to understand that ATC is only in the old tax regime. Yet, if you are someone who's looking at saving, you know, and investing in tax-friendly products, then actually there are certain products which are, you know, say for example, you have PPF or you have ELSS or, you know, you may be like if you are doing ELSS life insurance. ELSS is a pretty linked saving scheme, right? That's all. 
so right. mutual funds you know which are equity linked which invest more than 65% of their corpus into equity shares are called ELSs so so these products i think they could be good for anybody whether you are in the old regime or in the new regime so consider them for example ppf will actually give you a tax free return so or elss can give you you know like pretty awesome returns like you know somewhere in the range of say 12 to 15% if you are holding them for the longer term and therefore even though you may or may not claim atc because of the regime you have chosen yet it has some interesting products so you know first off i would to say that do consider those products now coming to what all is there in atc i think there's like a whole lot lot of expenses or investments so coming to what you have already done so when you contribute your side of money to your employee pf account yeah. that is eligible under etc so let's say if your you know whatever your basic is so 12% of that which is say if your basic is 60000 rupees or whatever then right. let's say 12% so around 7200 rupees you are already contributing every month and that multiplied by 12 like you're annually contributing you know 60000 to your epf account and that is like taken care of so now you have to think about the remaining 90000 so employee pf then you have ppf we already spoke about public provident fund that's good for those who are risk averse who are looking at tax free returns although there's huge lock in of you know uh, quite a few years but now you can withdraw after a certain time period in case of some situations then there is uh, equity linked saving schemes you have you know life insurance premium if you have paid that if you have ulips which are eligible for atc so these are some of the main investments or if you have you know you're paying school fees then that also is eligible to be claimed under atc if you have a home loan and you're making principal repayments then just the principal payment portion that was repaid is also eligible under atc so there are like a bunch of options based on you know where you are investing or where you are spending or, or what your cash flows are looking like i think there are ways to sort of exhaust your section atc because it can actually really reduce your total taxable and beyond atc also there are medical insurance premium i think under atd which you can use right and i believe nps also is a separate category so you can take the additional limit over there yeah i agree with you actually you know these two are both are excellent options so medical insurance has become very important in today's yeah. times as learned through you know after having gone through covid and now it's not uncommon to hear of people who land up in right. hospitals spending a few lakhs uh, you know just for a treatment or some injury or whatever right. so it makes it to consider you know an insurance policy that meets your requirements and to cover your family and then that whatever premium you have paid for that year is can be fully deducted from your taxable income so if you paid say 20000 as your insurance premium then your taxable income will be reduced by rupees 20000 for that insurance premium similarly nps is a great choice you know those who have extra money to invest so in your entire portfolio you may have some equity and some debt based like a ppf or debt mutual funds or whatever then you should also have space for a product like nps which which has been doing well some of some of the you know players are posting great returns so and then the other thing is you don't get to touch it for a very long time so you know yeah. that 
investment keeps on accumulating and you can claim tax benefit on your own side of investment so it's possible for your employer also to contribute to nps but whatever is your contribution is eligible under section 80 ccd 1b so right. you can claim that an additional 50000 just to you know tell the viewers that if you can invest in nps as much as you want but the deduction under 80 ccd 1b is limited to 50000 so if you do both etc and 80 ccd 1b then you can actually take your total deductions to rupees 2 lakhs which is a great way to save tax just a correction we are listeners not viewers right now <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> no no worry so preeti another thing you know one thing that you you know started off with actually that you know the last year's returns are a good starting point uh, you know you can figure out you know the gaps in that you know in the sense that you wouldn't have availed of etc fully so i think one more thing we can talk about here and maybe you can add is that the fact that you know even with an epf you can have something called as a voluntary contribution you know for people who are for some reason not able to exhaust that etc this is another another thing that they can do right yeah exactly so that's also one more you know option and i'm glad you brought it up so there's something called vpf which is voluntary provident fund now there's nothing to be confused about it because it's just yeah. a voluntary payment made to your epf which is your employee provident fund and all you have to do is you know go to your payroll or hr department and intimate to them that you'd like to make certain extra contribution to your epf and right. they don't have to match it so it's only yeah, you right. who will be contributing and actually there's nothing that stops you from contributing whatever amount you want and you can actually begin with you know something as small as maybe 5000 or 10000 a month or whatever you know fits uh, your uh, pocket and uh, begin to make extra contributions to your employee provident fund and, and that's a great way to accumulate a tax free corpus you know which will be waiting for you at the end of your retirement so it, it's definitely a great way but the only word of caution here that make sure you're not contributing in excess of 2 and a half lakhs because okay. when you go beyond that then your contributions become taxable so you know whatever interest you'll earn on your contribution will right. become taxable for you so just be okay. careful with that but i think up to 2 and 1/2 lakhs of contribution per you know sure. per financial year i think that's definitely something to consider and another thing you know i wanted to ask you is how should you know taxpayers take that decision whether they should go with new tax regime or old tax regime what are the various things they should weigh in when making that choice so i think it's fairly simple like i guess like most people go for the regime where they pay low lower tax i think right. ultimately we is just to pay a lesser amount of tax if you're salary then you have the choice to switch between these two regimes every year so you know yeah. every year you can size that choice for example say when you are finished filing you opted for the old regime but in the current year which is 23 24 if the new regime is more beneficial to you then you can make that switch so right. on clear tax we actually have an option where you know once you reach final steps you will be able to see where you know you'll stand to gain uh where you are paying lower taxes and then we help you switch so that's what we do but essentially yeah i think whenever you pay lower taxes i think just go for that yeah and priti if i'm correct you can always switch it at the time of filing right see initially you had intimated your employer that you are going with 
old tax regime but at the time of filing you can make the switch right if i am correct yeah absolutely so this year the default yeah. regime is the new tax regime so which is okay. different from earlier years because in the earlier years employers took the default regime as old regime right. uh, and you know it was left to the employees as to which of the two regimes they want to go for but yeah. there's a government instruction so you know there is like the default regime shall be the new tax regime and whoever right. wants to ensure that their tds which is deducted every month is according to the old regime they have to sort of give a special intimation and i'm sure by now most of the employees yeah. would have done so uh, but yeah as you rightly pointed out when you are filing your tax return you know at the moment when you're submitting your return and if you have your salary if you have salary income then you have the choice to switch to a more favorable tax regime and one more clarification priti the there is a limit right how many times you can switch back to the older in the sense the tax regime you started with what's that limit if you can clarify yeah not really actually so salary have the choice here so there's no cap on how many times they can switch but okay. if you are if you are someone who has business income now it may be possible for salaried folks to also have business income you know they're reporting something under business income like say right. if for example they're doing say intraday trading then that gets reported as business income or whatever okay. so if you're reporting any business income then you can sort of switch once to the new regime and then you can switch back but you can't do it again so oh. it works like that great thank you preeti for joining us today that's very informative and i'm sure the tips that you shared today on our episode will help our listeners for this financial year to plan better so that you know there is no last minute rush again and you folks at clear tax maybe have less stress at the end of the financial year thanks preeti for joining us today Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you liked this episode and would like to hear to more such interesting conversations, do log into our channel Why Not Mint Money on Spotify where you'd always find me omnipresent. Also, if you have any new ideas or suggestions, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is @jashkriplani that is J A S H K R I P L A N I. You can always reach out to us over the email. Our email ID is mintmoney@ratelymint.com. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com.